Somebody pumped me up with a bunch of Tylenol, now I'm sweating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tell you, we've come this far by faith. And that's all it's been, is faith. God takes you through troubled times, and it's by faith. And when you think all doors have been shut and then one opens, it's only been by faith. When you think nobody cares and yet somebody knocks on the door just to give you a hug and just ask, how are you doing? It's just by faith. God meets us in our need. And it all is by faith. And all that we ever will accomplish will be by faith. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, O oh God, for your loving kindness unto us. 
And Lord, we thank you that we can be your people in this day and this time, O oh God, in which we live. For it is perilous times in which we live. It is a time, Lord, that people are not sure, O oh God, about their faith. They're not sure about what they believe in. They don't know what to believe in. But, oh God, we're so thankful that, Lord, that you have allowed this group here to be grounded and rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. And, Father, we thank you that, Father, we know it. That, Lord, your goodness will always be upon us. Your hand will always rest upon us. And you will order the steps of each and every one of us because we are the children of the living God. And Lord, you will guide those who are among the righteous. And Father, we thank you for what David has declared unto us, that he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. No matter what goes on in our life, you will always provide for us. And Lord, we thank you, O oh God, that you have challenged us, O oh Lord, to go into the city and to cause it to prosper. That Lord, we are the people, O oh God, who are to stand and to declare your righteousness. And in doing so, O oh God, we will cause the city to be blessed we will cause the city to prosper, and Lord, we will be blessed. And we pray, Father, no matter what's going on around us, that that will be our intention, to bless, O oh God, the city of Akron, to win as many as we can to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, to encourage as many as we can to walk worthy of the calling of Christ, and that, Lord, that we will continue as a body to remain faithful unto you. Let us not get caught up with the hypes of today. Let us not get caught up with the religiousity of today. But let us be a people of the book, a people of the word. And we take our position and our stand upon your word. And after we have done all else, all we do is just stand. And trust you. May you truly minister to us tonight. And Lord, we give you thanks for 2013, but we give you thanks for 2014. Because you will be the same God as you were in 2013. For you are a God that changes not. And we're looking for you to do great things in 2014 through us. Now may you bless us, may you encourage us, may you, O oh God, minister to us, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. All right. So why if you can put me on up here, I would appreciate it. A new year. A new year. A new year just spells out new opportunities. That
A new year just builds out new opportunities for us, that's all. And it challenges us. And it's amazing that oftentimes we're always looking backwards. And it's okay to look backwards at times, but that is not where we should live at. We don't live in our past. And I hope that you will leave your past in the past as we go from 2013 to 2014. And that you will have an expectation of many blessings in 2014. And that you will look unto the Lord as he provides for you. When the clock strikes 12 tonight, this should remind us that God is patient and long-suffering with us. That he's patient and long-suffering with us. And his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And that he's merciful to us. And he is now going to give us another year to live for him. To do his work. And we ought to be thankful. Because there are those who were with us in 2013 that will not be with us in 2014. He has planned for us what he has called us to do. And I pray that you would have a heart to do it. And a willingness that you would say, Lord... What is it that you would have me to do? And not worry about your work schedule. Not worry about how tired you are. Not worry if this is happening to you or that's happening to you. But you will see it as an opportunity to minister at all times. Do we all get burdened at times? Yes, we do. The other night, boy, I put on my pajamas. I just got in the house, put my pajamas on. And this leg is just a dragon from the hip to the knee. But a family called. And said, my father may not make it through the night. And my first response was, I'm going to pray for you and I'll see you first thing in the morning. And after I hung up, the Lord said, get dressed and go on down to the hospital. We minister in our time of discomforts. And oftentimes we don't realize that. But that's when the real ministry takes place. In the time of our discomforts. Because God moves us out of our comfort zone. He moves us out of the area in which we feel comfortable into a place in which we struggle and all we can do is depend upon him now for the strength and the wisdom and the guidance. He has planned for us what he has called us to do and to be the light in a dark world one more year. To be the voice of encouragement. To be the smile to someone. To give the person a hug who needs a hug. 
to allow someone to know that they're not alone. Are you discouraged about last year? When you look at your last year, are you discouraged in areas of life? Let's forget it. Let's forget it now. Because we're moving from 2013 to 2014 and we can't do anything about 2013 and let's look to the future period. Let's forget it. But let's not forget it to the point that we do not roll up our sleeves and say, we're going to work at it. We're going to work at it. And that somehow we make some resolutions in ourselves that I'm going to work in this area or this area or this thing in my life and I'm going to make it better. That it will not be the same as it was in 2013. I'm going to improve in this area. That's what God is allowing us to have an opportunity to do. To challenge those weak areas of our lives. And take a step up. And take a step up. One of the easiest things in life that I'm beginning to recognize is to be able to use the excuse, I'm old now. And in God's economy, I'm not old. God's just breaking me down to a point that I'm more dependent upon him. And that whatever is being done is going to really be done in the power of his strength rather than the power of the flesh. Are you discouraged about last year? Well, let's forget it. Let's let it go on by. But roll up your sleeves and be ready to work on life as never before. Because life never stops. It just keeps going. And you have to make the decision that I'm going to do something about my life. You have to do it. And if you make the decision to do something, then God will empower you. God will strengthen you. God will lay out the plan for you. But you have to make the decision to do it. Nobody else will make it for you. Maybe you have had heartaches. Maybe you have gone through a time of sickness. Life for you is nothing but shattered dreams. Well, let's put all that behind us. For the Holy Spirit is wonderful in taking broken fragments of life and putting them together. It will allow him to do it. If we allow him to do it. Yes, I leave behind all my mistakes, humiliation, my failures, and all the things that I struggle with, even my stupidity, I leave it behind. My heartaches, and even my lost loves, I leave them behind. And I close out this year recognizing how faithful God is. For the Lord says unto Israel, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, and don't ever forget that. The one who created you has a plan for you. The one who created you know what you're going through this very moment. The one who created you, understand, 
He's the one who has promised you three score and ten. And if you get there and get a few more, it's only because of his blessings. He said, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. And a lot of people are going to enter into 2014 being fearful. They're going to enter into 2014 being fearful because their unemployment has stopped. They're going to be entering in 2014 being fearful. What do we do with this mortgage? How do we pay this and how do we pay that? And oftentimes we forget our God is the one who still provides. He says, fear not. And if I lose something, don't, don't be all shocked about it because God knows it. God knows it. And he will provide. And he says, fear not. We are entering into a new year, into a new era for the church even. For when I heard Robin Robinson, and she has come out now, and all this past year, how many African Americans have come out of the closet in a sense? And somehow God just shared that with me a couple of months ago and I was telling Elaine for some reason God spoke about that about her a couple of months ago to me. It is not about gays and I really believe this now. What we're talking about now is sex and just pleasure and the floodgates being open. We've been fighting a gay issue and it's not a gay issue it's a sex issue of just accepting anything and everything. And the church, God is saying, fear not, but stand, but stand. So when this one pastor who married his gay son and the church disciplined him and took his license, he lost one church, but another church took him in and made him pastor. What's happening in our churches today? And he says, fear not. You who will stand for Jesus Christ, fear not. Fear not. Because the challenges will come against you. But fear not. Fear not. And he moves on to that. He says, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. You are called by who? By his name. And who are you representing? You are him. You're representing him. He says you are my ambassadors. You are my spokesmen. You are the one speaking on my behalf. Fear not. And he says after you have done all else, do what? Just stand. And learn to stand with a smile. Stand for the Lord. Stand for righteousness. Stand for purity. And the hardest place you're going to find to stand, it will be in your own household. Among your own family. In your own community. In the place where you work. 
And yet, the Lord says, I redeemed you, I have summoned you. I've summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, fear not. I will be with you. When you pass through the troubled time, don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. In 2014, we're going to have yet troubled times. If you read today's paper, it's telling since 2008, every time it looked like we're going to make a move economically, what happened? We flocked right back. Every time it looks like something's going to happen, we just fall right back down. Fear not. Just keep pressing on. Keep trusting. Keep believing. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. No, you're not going to drown. They're just not going to pick you up and what? Take you away. When you see a raging river coming and you see those logs in it, they have no control and that river is just taking them wherever it wants. And God says, fear not, that's not going to happen to you. In this culture, in this society, it's not going to sweep you up off your feet and take you somewhere where you don't want to be. God is still in control no matter what's going on. And he's in control of your life if you allow him to be. And he says, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And there's going to be some heated days. Especially if the church really stands up and be the church. And especially those who are called Christians will really stand up. There's going to be some heated days. There's going to be some heated days in your family, in your household. There's going to be some words spoken that you may not, never wanted to speak. And there are going to be words that are going to be sharp. But they're going to be biblical. And they're going to be of the Lord. And they're going to be a two-edged sword. It's going to be used in the household of people of faith like never before. The past year is now gone and it belongs to God. But what we look to is the future. We look to the future. And the question is, what are you going to do with it? The person who will not look at his or her past year seriously and learn from the bad and the good will only repeat the same mistakes. Forgetting the past, yes. We need to do that. Because the scripture tells us to do it. But if we forget one thing, we should grab hold to another. And that is to what God would have of us. And therefore, in Philippians 3, 12 through 13, he said, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. When Jesus saved you, he saved you for a purpose. And he didn't save you just to sit you in a church. He didn't save you just to be an elder or a deacon in the church. He didn't save you just to be a 
pastor in the church. He didn't save you just to be a part of the praise team in the church. He saved you to serve him. To serve him. And a lot of times we can do a lot of services, but it's not really for him. We can do a lot of religious things, but they're not biblical. And he says, boy, I press on. I'm pushing forward to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Why did Christ take hold of you? Why did Christ save you? And what is he doing in your life in a very special way? And are you asking him? Are you seeking it? Are you desiring it? Oftentimes we put God off to the side until a crisis takes place in our life. And when a crisis takes place, then we'll call on him. But what he wants us to do is daily seek him for our assignment. What he is looking for is individuals who really want to serve him wholeheartedly. Therefore, he says it in this way, where your treasure is, there's where your what? Your heart will be. And if your treasure is to do the will of God, that's where your heart will be every day. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. I'm not going to hide from you. If you desire to know what God really wants of you, all you have to do is begin to ask. But most of us don't think that God wants anything from us. But we want everything from who? Yes, God wants something from you. And what God wants is your life. He wants you to surrender it to him. Not just for the purpose of being saved, but for the purpose of being a servant of the Most High God. A lot of people will tell you very quickly that they're saved. But they don't understand what Scripture says in Peter when he calls us a royal priesthood. Because a priest, the meaning of priest is servant. That we serve. That we serve. That we serve. And he says, I'm looking for that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And this is Paul. When you look what Paul has done, you would say, Paul, you don't know what Christ has saved you for yet? Paul says, I've done all these things. Yes, I preached in Rome. I preached in Jerusalem. I preached in Damascus. I've led different people to the Lord. But I'm still seeking that which God has laid hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. What's so important about forgetting that which is behind? If we don't forget what is behind us, we carry it with us. 
Sometimes I listen to people who have gone through a divorce and it's like they went through the divorce last month and that thing happened 10 years ago. Sometimes I'm hearing about something for the first time and, and boy, I'm saying, I'm sorry that happened to you. But that happened years ago once I get into it. They're still carrying it with them. And long as you carry that with you, you won't be free of it. And you'll find yourself not being able to be used of the Lord. Because all of your focus goes where? On that thing. And Paul says, I forget it. I forget the beatings. I forget being thrown on the garbage. I forget that I once was a Pharisee. I forget my popularity when I was in Jerusalem as a Pharisee. There's a lot of things that Paul forgets in order that he might really serve the Lord. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. That strain, straining is there's something there that you're pushing against. It's not an easy moving forward. And oftentimes, we believe just because we're Christians, it should be very easy for us to move forward. Satan is not going to make it easy for you. This society is not going to make it easy for you. The culture will not make it easy for you. You're going to press against something. If you try to live holy, you're going to find people running up to you just trying to cause you to slip up. You're going to find bumps in the road. You're going to find stumbling blocks. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks in churches today is the cell phone. Because they can't hear what's being said because they're... And we get ourselves caught up with so many things. We get ourselves caught up in many different areas. We got the thing that we put in our ear. We, we can't hear from God because we're so busy trying to hear from man. And I'm not so much kicking those things. It's just technology and maybe I'm old and behind that stuff. But our main focus should be on Jesus Christ. Not on all this new stuff. If we knew the word of God as well as we knew some of this new stuff, we would be some dynamic Christians. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. Don't be afraid to press on. Don't be afraid of changes in your life. Don't be afraid to make changes in your life. And one of the things that's very critical for us, don't be afraid to leave old friends in 2013 and meet new friends in 2014. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of changing your environment. Don't be afraid of that. 
Some of us need to change our environment. Because our environment where we are living at now, it just stinks. It has its own aroma. It needs some deodorant. It needs some spray. It needs something. We need to change the environment and get some fresh air. Don't be frightened to change your life. Isn't it strange? Most people, they say, who travel back and forth to work take the same route every day. And when they take that same route, they do not experience anything new, really. They know all the signs, all the stoplights. They know this is coming up and that's coming up. But when they go a different way, they add a new dimension to their life. They add a new challenge to their life. And that's all it is about change in our life. Don't let life force you to change. Plan to change. Plan to change. We find that we blame others for all of our downfalls in life. And when the blame lies at our own doorstep, we understand we never were willing to do what was necessary to bring about the change that could have curtailed the failure in our life. A daughter said to her mother, I think if you had to live life all over again, you would do the same thing. And the mother quickly spoke up and said, no, I wouldn't. One, I wouldn't criticize as much. I wouldn't be as negative. I would be more positive. And she went on and she said, you wouldn't be 30 years old. You would be four. You, you wouldn't be 40 years old. You would be 30 years old. And when you think about that, what she's saying, you wouldn't come along until 10 years later. Sometime when we all look at our life, there are things in our life that we would have said we would what? Change. That we would have changed. In 2013, we're seeing the hours slip away. And 2014 is going to quickly come into play. And what God wants us to do is have hope. He doesn't want us to live in despair. But to be a people of hope. And I pray that you would have a positive hope for 2014. And that you will be able to say to yourself, This is going to be a great year for me because of who I am in Christ. So Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not disappoint. And if you put all your plans and all of your goals into the hands of God and let him bring them to pass. Let him work them out. Let him work them out. Offer your plans 
unto him. Lay your dreams out before him. Whatever those dreams might be, put them before him. Your children, put them before him. And pray for them. And hold them before the Lord in prayer. And dream for your children when your children cannot dream for themselves. You dream. You put them before the Lord. And you have hope in the Lord that he's going to do a great and mighty thing. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And I pray that you would pray for 2014. Lord, increase my faith. Let me be not like the centurion, but the centurion was honest. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I want more faith. If you want more faith, there's going to be more challenges. Because your faith grows by the challenges that come into your life. And you want to be able to say, Lord, Lord, I want my faith to grow in you. That I can truly understand that there's nothing too hard for the Lord to do. And that I can truly believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want my faith to grow. That I might believe you for your utmost. That I might believe that you're really able to transform my life. That I'm able to believe that you're able to take care of me. That I'm able to believe that you will truly provide for me and bless me. I'm able to believe you will give me a godly man or a godly woman. I am trusting you, Lord, in this. And you truly give it to him. And with that faith, you're going to have a a hope that surpasses all the understandings of man. And you're just going to tell people, I have faith in God, and I'm hoping that he's going to give me what I need, that he's going to give me the right people in my life. I'm just hoping that God's going to bless me in such a way that that blessing's just going to fill my life and it's going to pour over into your life in some way. And God, I want to be able to love. I want to be able to love that gay person. I don't like their behavior. I want to be able to love them. I want to be able to wrap my arms around them and let them know that I love them. I want to be able to just love people, whether they're black, white, Asian, whoever they are. And the reason I want that kind of love, Lord, because it's an agape love. And your word makes it very clear that God so loved the world. He didn't say this race, this ethnic group, or this group. He just said he loved the world that he gave. And I want to be able to love people that I can just give freely to them as they have need and as you use me to help provide for them. I want to be able to love them. Let's close out with Luke. 
Because Luke somewhat helps us in our life with this parable about the tree. It says, then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. When God looks into your life, does he find the fruit that he's been hoping for? Does he find the prayer life that is vigilant? Does he find the the saint who really studies his word? When he looks into our life, do he find a people who truly love him? Not just with their mouth, but with their heart and their life. He said he came into his vineyard and he looked for fruit. What is the fruit that God would find in your life, in my life? that would be a blessing to him. For he said that he came and he looked for the fruit, but he did not find any. He did not find any. So he's given us another year to bear fruit. He's given us another year to be a blessing to his name. Let's not waste it. For some of us who are sitting here today or standing here may not be here come 2015. And it's not because we're old, because death has no prejudice. You could be young or old. But he says, so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit. This is not the first time. I've been coming. Year after year, year after year, I've been coming, inspecting your life, looking for some fruit. I've done these blessings. I gave you the soil. I gave you the rain. I gave you the sunshine. I've given you everything in your life to cause you to be a blessing to me. But I'm not finding any fruit. I'm not finding any fruit. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree. I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Why should it use up my air? Why should it use up the sun? Why should it use up the food I provide? Why should it use up? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I like to call that person Jesus Christ, my intercessor. Lord, let's give him another year. Father, give him another year. You've been looking for the fruit. And I know the potential's there. And I know it's going to happen. It just hadn't happened yet. And sometime in the lives of people, we're looking for certain things to take place. They're not just happening quick enough, are they? And we want to cut them down and throw them in the fire. 
And Jesus says, be patient. Be patient. Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. Until sometime people take or somebody takes special attention to somebody else and willing to spend time with them, willing to help build them up, willing to help them see their failures, willing to minister to them, they'll never bear fruit. But when somebody is willing to take that special time and put the fertilizer there and put the scriptures there, water it with the word of God, shower it with prayer, spend time with them, help them to renew their mind because oftentimes the mind is only stuck on the things of the world. Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. God will send people into your life to fertilize your life. God will send people into your life to be the sunshine of your life. God will send people into your life to prune you in your life. Because what God is looking for every one of us is that we bear fruit. That we bear fruit. And he says, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Eventually, who you really are will come out. If you are really born again and the Spirit of Christ liveth in you, that Christ-likeness is going to come out. It cannot stay in you dormant. It's going to come forth. And sometimes we have to give it time in the lives of people. That old saying is very true. Until you walk a mile in my shoes... Until you've gone through my hurt, until you've gone through my life story, until you've traveled my journey some. We never know why sometimes there's a late blossoming for the Lord. And sometimes the Lord has a lot more healing to do in somebody else's life than what he had in somebody else's. And sometimes God has to just be patient with that person. Because that person don't want to hear a thing from God. The anger is there. And the questions that they have for God that have not been answered are there. And he said, give her another year. And what he's saying, give it time yet, Lord. And it will come forth. Are we praying enough for people? 
Are we praying enough for our children? Are we trying to rush something and God is saying, it's going to come. It's going to come. I pray in 2014 that we will see ourselves ministering to people, young people, married couples, seniors. But above all else, as we minister, we will have the patience of God. Let's not say so quickly where people ought to be. But let's keep feeding them the word of God. Let's keep praying that the Holy Spirit do a special work. Let's keep praying that they will be healed within. And that they will discover the joy of the living God. That they will discover the love of God. Because today we live in a world full of anger. We don't know what we're doing to our young men. Young men who grow up without a father grow up being angry. Young girls who grow up without a father grow up being angry because they don't know what to expect from a man because it has not been demonstrated before them. God had a purpose for a family that it would pass from one generation to another generation that a man and a woman would show forth such a commitment and loyalty and love that those children, when they went out, that's what they would be looking for. But so many of our children today do not grow up in a family setting. They grow up with a single parent. And that's hard for them because now they never really see what? The real love between two people that God intended to take place. So young men misuse young women because they've never seen one man do what? Stay with what? One woman. And be faithful to her. Discipline himself to say no to everything else and be faithful to that one. And that one woman's running from one man to another man to another man trying to find what? That one who will be what? Faithful and just love her. But in the meantime, while all that's happening, all the anger and the disappointment that settles on the inside, that God has to work through now. And he says, be patient. Be patient. Look at the potential in a person, not where a person is at. Look at the potential. Because every one of us who breathe have a great potential to be a great servant of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, O God, that we can go into 2014 looking for you to use us and yet, Lord, do great and mighty things in us and through us for your glory. 